Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz, coming to you here from socially distant locations at Lambeau Field. And Wes, the Packers took care of business in the NFC Divisional Playoffs, 32-18, to 18, a victory over the Los Angeles Rams to get back to the NFC Championship game for the second straight year. And I'll just start with this. We talked last week about the number one scoring offense against the number one scoring defense at Lambeau Field on Saturday afternoon. The Packers scored points the first five times they touched the ball against that number one scoring defense. That absolutely set the table, was, was a tremendous formula for victory for Green Bay. You and I are in a street fight, Mike. You are a fantastic street fighter. You are very good at defense. I'm a fantastic street fighter. I'm very good at offense. If, our, if we're going to meet in that dark alley, lights down low, how are you going to win that fight? You're not going to win it by being passive aggressive. You got to go for it. That's what I liked about this offensive game plan for Green Bay. You knew what you were facing. You knew how good this Los Angeles Rams defense was. They had to just press forward. They had to go north and south, and they did that. To me, Mike, this game really came down to two things. It came down to Matt LaFleur looking at that backfield, understanding that you have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. They're all healthy. They're all established getting them involved early and really punching the Rams in the mouth. In the second thing, the Packers offensive line this season, all the adversity that they've faced, all the different versions that we've seen of this offensive line, they had to come out and set the tone early. And they did that And everything else was built off of that. Devontae Adams had some big moments. Alan Lazard had a huge catch. Aaron Rodgers played again, like a national football league, most valuable player. But if Green Bay didn't come out and assert their dominance in that first quarter, we know the book on Sean McVay's team. If they're leading after halftime, undefeated underneath McVay. If they're up on time of possession, extremely difficult to beat. The Packers were not intimidated. And because of that reason, I felt like they came out and set the tone on their own field. Yeah, absolutely. The running game really set up everything else that the Packers wanted to do on, on offense. Before the kneel downs at the end of the game, the Packers had 191 rushing yards in this game, which was about double what the Rams had averaged allowing coming into the game. And let's face it, the Rams didn't have their great disruptor, Aaron Donald. He was not at 100%, not even close, quite frankly. He only played about half the snaps. When he was in there, Elton Jenkins handled him in the run game and various double teams and whatnot took care of him in the passing game. The Packers rendered essentially a combined with the injury rendered the best defensive player in the National Football League a complete non-factor. And the Rams' defense simply was not the same, and Green Bay took advantage of that. Even And, and Aaron Rodgers didn't exactly shy away from throwing the ball at Jalen Ramsey here and there as well, whether it was Devontae Adams on a slant, on the double motion for the touchdown. He even hit MVS and Lazard on different plays where they were lined up against Jalen Ramsey. So you said it, the, the aggressiveness of this game plan really, really set the tone for Green Bay. And it all started, it's all started with the run game to set everything else up leading to the play action touchdown pass, the backbreaker in the fourth quarter to Al Lazard, where he slips behind the defense on a, on a hard sell of a play fake by Aaron Rodgers. The Packers go up two touchdowns halfway through the fourth quarter. And that was all she wrote. One time, one time Aaron Rodgers was hit in this game. That's it. 
you mentioned Aaron Donald. You got to play with the game and the players that are out there. I'm sure Green Bay would have loved to have David Bakhtiari and Lane Taylor available as well, but that's not the world we're living in right now. You have to adjust. You have to adapt. They were able to do that. And the other thing is you look at Billy Turner neutralizing Leonard Floyd, a guy that had 10 and a half sacks this season. That's where this thing started. And as Rodgers got comfortable, Mike, you make that big pass to Lazard. You think of that other one he had standing in his own end zone, inside the pocket, motion all around him. He steps up and makes a huge throw. Now it ended up being a series in which Green Bay had to punt, but being able to get out of that backed up position, 21 yards downfield to Lazard, Lazard ends up having the drop pass after that. Everybody kind of questioning, okay, what's going to happen here? The Rams get within seven. You need a response. The defense provided it, and Aaron Rodgers in that play, after building up that offensive look, being able to run the offense the way they did in the first half, helped kind of lead to that play to Lazard. I was trying to say proceed, but I didn't feel like that was going to be the right word. But <laughs> be that as it may, Mike, that we talk all the time, and fans probably have heard it. Maybe even it's, it's noise over their head, but marrying the run with the pass, that play was the example of why the Packers want to have everything streamlined together because you had the safeties cheating up now because now they're thinking, hey, are they going to run it here? Are we going to have another eight, nine-yard gain here? You need to be able to compensate for that. Rodgers spots that. And it was funny. I didn't get a chance to watch the TV copy before I wrote Insider Inbox on Monday, and a fan mentioned that. Did you hear Rodgers shouting over to Alan Lazard? Hey, Alan, kind of motioning to him, has a smirk on his face. And Lazard knew exactly what he wanted coming out of the slot, yeah. goes down the seam, 58 yards, and obviously the biggest play of the game to be for the Packers to be able to get the response they needed and, and hold on to that victory. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the defensive side of the ball too, it was interesting the way this game unfolded because if you look at the Rams' first six possessions on offense, it was sort of feast or famine, right? Yeah. I mean, three of the six possessions, the Packers defense got a three and out. Rams did nothing. The other three, the Rams got points. So it was it was an all or nothing scenario. With what the Packers were doing on offense, that was a trade that they were willing to make, certainly. The three three and outs by the Packers defense really helped Green Bay get the lead, build the lead. And here's the, the two other things I really, really liked about the Packers defensive performance in this game. One, the only time they gave up touchdowns, Wes, they only gave up two touchdowns in this game. And when they did, the Packers were ahead by two touchdowns yeah. when they gave up a touchdown. That's a pretty good formula right there. And then the other thing, in the fourth quarter, the Rams never threatened the goal line. The two big possessions, one of them with the Packers only leading by one score, and then again afterwards when after the Lazard touchdown when the Packers were up by two scores, the Rams never really threatened to score. The Packers' defense stood tall. Fortunately, on one, uh, the Rams had started on their own six-yard line after a good punt. So even when yeah. they got a couple of first downs, they still weren't even really that close to midfield. Packers defense rises up and get the stop. The fourth quarter, the Packers really owned it in this game. All the back and forth through the first three quarters spelled out a, as a victory in the fourth quarter when uh, when the Packers were able to control that final stanza. Yeah, and to do my old Dom Capers impersonation, let's start with the positives here. I mean, the way that they finished this game is exactly the way they needed to. You saw Kenny Clark. I felt, I, I said it last week, Mike, your guy for this game was Alan Lazard. My guy was Kenny Clark. Now, I thought it was going to be more based on trying to stop Akers. As it turned out, the Rams just said, to heck with it, we're just going to pass but it ended up being Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, the second year linebacker, the 12th overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. 
him being able to make the strides that we've seen all season and then have one of his best games, if not the best game in the biggest moment so far for Green Bay. Yeah. I thought those two guys really contributed heavily to Green Bay being able to slam that door, the, the pass rush. And you've seen it time and time again, Mike, when the Packers can get teams into third and long, third and plus six, they are a different unit. They just have that swagger. They have that confidence. And with them not allowing explosive plays from basically beginning to end of the season, it has allowed them to be in a position of power in those moments. The one area I think Green Bay is probably going to need to look at this week, and Kenny Clark mentioned it as soon as the game was over in his post-game news conference. You, you have to figure out this, this quick hurry-up offense look that the Rams went to because you're going to see stuff like that against the Buccaneers. The Rams, they decided, you know, my whole thought process going in, Mike, was they're going to run to set up everything that they do with Goff. At some point with getting as many base looks as they got, they said, you know what, we're just going to go hurry up. We're going to spread them out. And they had success with that in the first half. Green Bay ultimately was able to get some stops, was able to do some more stuff offensively that it, it took the Rams out of that. But that's going to be one look that Green Bay is going to have to compensate for because this week, and we'll talk about the matchup with the Bucks later, but the way that Bruce Arians and, and Byron Leftwich draw up this offense, they will throw to get going with the run. And when you put the ball in Tom Brady's hands in those circumstances, that that's going to be a difficult formula to solve as it related to this game though, defense hit all the notes you wanted them to hit down the stretch for the Packers to win this game. Yeah. Defensively, the Packers allowed 90 rushing yards from acres, but nothing that was, a, that was a backbreaking or, or a tone yeah. setting type of run. You got four sacks on Jared Goff, Preston Smith batted down a couple passes at the line of scrimmage, just a lot of plays that, uh, that the green Bay defense made in this game. And, and certainly as, as we mentioned down, down the stretch, the Packers defense did not let the Rams threaten to, uh, uh, you know, to, to score there. Uh, before I forget, Wes, Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the National Football League seven days a week, 365 days a year. All right, well, this victory by the Packers combined with Tampa Bay's victory at New Orleans on Sunday sets up an NFC Championship showdown. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Packers, Buccaneers. It will be Sunday, 2.05 Central Time kickoff at Lambeau Field and you know we're going to be talking about this all week Wes but you look at you look at what happened in week six the 38 to 10 Tampa Bay victory over Green Bay uh, down in Florida you look at how the Buccaneers were able to beat the Saints after losing to them twice in the regular season the the most recent of those being a 38 to 3 shellacking on national television it comes down to turnovers yeah. The New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints were, I thought they were in, they were really in control of that game against the Buccaneers. It looked like they were headed for a two score lead in the second half. Jared Cook catches the slant pass for a first down to convert a third down. And then boom, the ball gets punched out. And instead of the Rams possibly, or the Saints, excuse me, possibly going up two scores, the Buccaneers from that moment on outscored the Saints 17 to zero the rest of the game, getting a couple of more turnovers along the way. Packers are the best team in the NFL at protecting the football. And that is absolutely positively job number one, priority number one come Sunday afternoon. And honestly, Mike, if I was standing in front of the room and Matt LaFleur even had to address this because it came up several times during his Monday news conference, my whole thought would be the one takeaway the one thing I want you to remember about week six is protect the football and take the football away. That was the difference in the game. Green Bay came out and imposed their will. That first quarter, 
picture perfect, exactly what Green Bay was looking for. Get up by two scores, you're off and rolling. But it was what happened after that that sort of turned the tide of where things went for Green Bay. So now you look at this matchup. You go and look at what Tampa Bay did, as Matt LaFleur said, watching the game with his wife at home, sitting back, just seeing the lay of the land of the way things are going to shape out. I have a lot of respect for Mickey Loomis. I love the way that the Saints were built this season. They understood. They made a transition about five years ago that you have an aging quarterback, one of the very best, a future Hall of Famer, but you need to be able to develop your defense and you need to be able to find ways to help him offensively. So it's just not big air raid downfield passing game. And they've done that. Elvin Kamara, all the different weapons that you just talked about. But what happened here, and it's the lesson that Green Bay needs to learn going into this matchup now against the Bucs is the, the Saints came out fast and furious offensively. Buccaneers weren't able to do much the first quarter for most of the first quarter, but there was something about that Tom Brady sneak. And he's done it so many times over the last 21 years that when Bruce Arians shows the confidence, we're backed up. We're inside our own 35, 36. We're going to sneak it because Tom Brady's arguably the best in NFL history at it. And after that moment, man, they just got rolling in the saints. Couldn't stop them. Conversely, when you don't have the big arm, you know, and you don't have the, the explosiveness that the Saints have had in the past, you have to take more chances underneath. And I thought that's what happened with Breeze. They just, after, as you mentioned, with that, that cook turnover, they, they just weren't able to play catch up after that. So now here you are. This is what the National Football League is all about. This is what the NFC is all about. These are the two best teams. And they're going to see each other at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. And I am really interested to see the chess match that happens now that this game is here as opposed to down in South Florida and now being able to see exactly what the adjustments are going to be made that Matt LaFleur and and Aaron Rodgers are going to do Matt LaFleur. He still hasn't lost back-to-back games as a head coach, but now he has the rematch here, right? Against Tampa Bay in the same season. That's going to be tremendous theater. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's what everybody is going to be fired up to watch one last thought on the saints before we move on. If indeed we did see Drew Brees last football game in the NFL hats off to an absolutely tremendous career and if you want to have any understanding of just how difficult it can be to get to a Super Bowl the last four years the New Orleans Saints won 49 football games in four years and they did not get to the Super Bowl any one of those times and in fact only made it to the conference championship once in those four years and they should have gone to the Super Bowl last year they certainly were robbed in my opinion but Anyway, hats off to Drew Brees, and if he is going to retire, um, I hope he sticks around the game in some fashion. It sounds like uh, that is potentially in the works. But Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers, it's a, it, it's a matchup for the ages. It will be Aaron Rodgers' fifth conference championship game, but first at Lambeau Field, as yeah. we have talked about. He won his first one, obviously, against the Bears on the road, three straight losses on the road at this stage, but now – Rodgers gets a conference championship at home for Tom Brady. It will be the 14th 14th. conference championship game of his career. The first 13, obviously, as the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Brady nine and four in um, nine and four in conference championship games in his career. But three of those four losses on the road. He's been a 500 quarterback in road games in uh, those AFC title games with the Patriots. So you just, you, you, you can't ask for anything better here. These, these two quarterbacks going to head to head with so much on the line, two guys who are going to be in the hall of fame one day and a matchup, frankly, that, you know, until the last couple of years, well, yeah, prior to 2018, 
Rodgers and Brady had gone head to head exactly once yeah. as starting quarterbacks. Now 2018, 2020, and then a second time here in the 2020 postseason. So uh, um, Rodgers and Brady, it's a must-see TV. A few lessons to be learned here, Mike, before we sign off for the day. The first thing, there's going to be a segment of the fans that are going to be nervous about that first matchup, and they're going to talk about it all this week. You and I are going to see it in inbox. As I keep saying over and over again, whether I've tweeted it or whether I wrote it, Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not care about the regular season when they went into the Superdome last weekend and um, ousted the Saints after the Saints beat them twice in the last of which was a 38-3 to victory. Right. Not concerned at all. Second thing. This is the great moment, right? Because when Tom Brady signed with Tampa Bay, there were some executives at Fox or somewhere around the country where they started salivating at the thought of Brady and Breeze, Brady and Rodgers, and they're getting it all in the same postseason run. (laughs) Uh, For Brady and Rodgers, this wasn't the way I wanted it to go down. I I really wanted to see it. I thought we were going to get it in 14. I wanted to see a Brady-Rodgers Super Bowl. This is the next best thing, though, to see these two warriors, as you said, future Hall of Famers, first ballot gold jackets facing off mano a mano is going to be a fantastic, fantastic game. And also, we have to say it, Mike, because honestly, as many headlines as Brady versus Breeze is going to draw, or Brady versus Rogers, excuse me, Nadamakan Sue in this long storied history against the green Bay Packers that again, gets brought to the forefront, that rivalry that, you know, the, the history with Aaron Rodgers. There's so many things about this that you love. And then honestly, the final thing I want to make either Aaron Rodgers going back to the super bowl for the first time in 10 years or Tom Brady in his first season with a new team, making the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first team to play a super bowl on their home field. One of the two things is going to happen, assuming that they just don't play forever to avoid a tie. Those two are the scenarios. And it's just, it is fantastic. It's what the national football league is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get your thoughts on one other thing because we may not have enough time in Thursday's show to get to it because a lot of fans are asking about this. And the Packers just faced, as we talked about, the number one defense in the league in the Los Angeles Rams and had their way with them for the most part. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is no slouch, obviously. But I think the other thing, too, is this Tampa Bay defense is built very differently because the stars of the defense – Yes, they have they have tremendous pass rushers up front, just yeah. like the Rams had. But the stars of the defense are the inside linebackers, Levante David and particularly Devin White. Packers had a hard time with those guys back in week six. And though that type of caliber linebacker in the middle of the field is not what the Rams had. The Rams defense right. was was built differently. So just what are your thoughts initially here early in the week and how the Packers go about trying to do what they need to do against a defense that is extremely talented, but very different from the one that they just faced. Devin White was going to be a star. You and I didn't have to be in the Packers <laughs> scouting department to understand that. I remember you and I salivating over what the type of player this guy's going to be going at the combine and through all that process. That's yeah. not a surprise. Um, although the way that they're using them is really innovative. I, I think that's very exciting. The thing I actually like as a football fan is that Levante David's finally starting to get his, his, his due. I mean, you, you talk, you hear all the time about people wasting primes. We missed Levante David's. I mean, he's still in his prime. He's 32 years old, 31 years old, but 
people are finally catching up to the fact that this guy's been a pretty darn good linebacker for eight years. Mm -hmm. And it's just that the Buccaneers had a lot of bad seasons. They had a lot of years where their offense didn't do a lot and their defense was disjointed. Levante David isn't just that he's some late bloomer. He was this guy all along and now people realize it and being able to pair those two guys together. The reason you mentioned it's different than the Rams. It's different than a lot of teams. A lot of teams now it's become about one linebacker and then you find a compliment to them and then you run your sub packages. That's not the way that Tampa Bay does things. So the key for Green Bay is coming out, running the football and protecting the football and getting those linebackers moving, being able to wear them down over the course of four quarters in this environment, 30 degree weather. That's going to be the key because Lambeau Field, this is going to take away some of the speed, right? This is going to even the playing field somewhat. Sorry, Kurt Warner. It's a reality. The game gets played outdoors sometimes. But the fact of the matter is that if you don't do that early on and you allow them to start pinning their ears back because you can't run the ball against that front, that's when that defense is at its best. And very last thing, Todd Bowles needs another opportunity to be a head coach in this league. The guy's fantastic. His scheme is fantastic. And when he has the right players, man, Packers have seen it before. They saw it in Arizona. I mean, this guy knows how to coach. Yeah. Well, Matt LaFleur said, and I wrote about it on our website Monday night, the Packers are not going to dwell on anything that happened from week six, but they are going to learn some things from it. And Matt LaFleur admitted he didn't feel like he really had his team prepared for that game as well as the Buccaneers were prepared. And he felt like he got away from the running game when the game was still within reach before things really got out of hand. The Packers did bust a couple of runs in that game. And I'm sure Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, the rest of those offensive coaches are going to try to figure out how to get back to that and then stick with the run, as you said, because the, the way to attack this, the way to attack this defense is to try to wear out those, uh, those linebackers because they control so much in the middle of the field. If they're getting three and outs and getting off the field and being able to get their breath, that's not a, that's not the right recipe. And then secondly, just to give them a quick kudos. I mean, you look at their secondary, they're a ball hawking secondary. I think Antoine Winfield jr. Is going to be a fantastic yeah. pro bowl player for years to come. They have a lot of weapons, Mike, you can't deny it. They're in the NFC title game for a reason, but green Bay top scoring defense, top scoring offense in the league, just doing what they did against the top scoring defense. They got to be who they are and they got to protect the football. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will talk a lot more about this matchup on our next episode, but for now, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our preview coverage during NFC Championship Week. It's all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. 